You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to Around the King's Table. Uh, In our last episode, we did our best in a brief spot of time, brief, to get clear on the gospel. Today, we're wanting to piggyback on that and have some dialogue about what's called evangelism. And we've added some chairs to the table for this one. I'm Brian. George. George. I'm Corey. I'm Megan. Corey and Megan Jenkins. And so we'll just start this way, uh, Corey and Megan, would you just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, so my name's Corey Jenkins. I was born and raised in East Tennessee and uh, met Megan, my wife, on a summer mission trip with Crew. Um, we now both now work with Crew. We have for uh, about seven years, seven and a half years, and um, have lived in Clemson that entire time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have two little boys. Evan is almost three, mm-hmm. and Andrew just turned one. Um, and we uh, are full-time staff with Crew. That's mm-hmm. it's our dream job. We absolutely love working with our college students here at Clemson, and um, love being a part of the Mount Church family. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and Corey, you are one of our deacons. Yep. At the church? I am. I'm actually the chairman. This will be my second year. Mm-hmm. I feel often underqualified, but it's been a <laughs> great uh, process for, of growth for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done a good job, brother. Oh, absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, so we want to talk with uh, Corey and Megan, and we'll let George speak a little bit too, uh, to <laughs> this, and maybe I'll add something as well. I don't know. We'll see. But the first question, again, we want to talk about evangelism today. And so what do we mean by evangelism or how does how does the Bible address evangelism? Well, I so I like to define words. And so I actually looked up evangelism and um, mm-hmm. it's defined as the spreading of the Christian gospel by public mm-hmm. preaching or personal witness. And I love that because it does remind us that we have to preach and speak words of truth, mm-hmm. but we also are called to live out what we believe. And so it's that combination yeah. um, that we see God use to draw people to him. And thinking about just Jesus lived that perfect life displaying the gospel every day to anyone he encountered. And he also spoke the words of truth and life. Um, to explain why he lived that way. Um, and then the the phrase that we think of when we talk about or um, engage in evangelism, we really think about making disciples. Um, and so, you know, we tell our college students that uh, we want them to be equipped as disciples of Christ who can uh, live out their faith daily communicate, share their faith with people they encounter, mm-hmm. um, and then multiply their faith as they make disciples of Christ. And so that ongoing process of they've been brought into the family of God, 
they're trained up in the life of the faith, and all the while, you're also inviting other people to join you in the family. And so it's constantly, the family is expanding and, um, and experiencing new growth, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful picture that, that God allows us to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, and so I kind of think of evangelism as sort of a, in both a broad and a narrow way, so um, in one sense, yes, it is, it is sharing the gospel, the, the topic of last week's uh, podcast, like making sure people understand that gospel, um, but also in a, in a more broad way, just having conversations about spiritual things, being um, intentional to bring up spiritual things with the intention of sharing the gospel and having a, an actual gospel, gospel-centered conversation with them. So the Bible actually talks a ton about evangelism. Um, in this regard, from speaking of the, the narrow gospel, um, or I guess it's technically the broad gospel. I've been, I was a little confused by that last week. Um, anyway, just the small, specific message of the gospel that Jesus lived a perfect life. He, he died on the cross. He was resurrected. And through yeah. our faith in him, we can be... Yeah. Um, saved and be reconciled to God. Right. So narrow gospel. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I thought it was narrow. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that message, but there's also um, just having conversations about who God is, having conversations about um, the the Bible itself, and so all of that I kind of lump into um, evangelism. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of the Bible, it actually it does talk a ton about uh, evangelism itself it's kind of woven into the fabric of the whole christian life it's it's commanded in numerous places and um it's it's mentioned like all throughout specifically what i'm talking about here with sharing the gospel about jesus it's generally found in the gospels and acts and kind of throughout the the new testament and in um explicit and implicit ways but it's also i mean all throughout the whole Bible, from you, you can find references to uh, the um, redemption uh, that God is desiring to to bring forth in Genesis, um, mm-hmm. in the uh, like right after the fall, um, and all the way through Revelation. You see in um, Revelation, I believe it's seven nine. It's kind yeah. of a culmination of time itself, and um, uh, I actually have that written down here somewhere. Well, oh, here it is at the end of time. Okay, so he says, After I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and tongues and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So I kind of, this isn't necessarily evangelism itself but it is i think the purpose of evangelism and that is bringing god glory yeah and just sort of piggybacking off of that then uh where do so as we're looking in in the scripture uh where do we find our command or commission to evangelize i mean george did you have anything that you wanted to yeah actually that that say just two things so i mean the 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 classic text on evangelism is going to be matthew 28 18 through 20 it's it's jesus pretty much explicitly saying hey go out and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the, the son and the holy spirit mm-hmm. and 
the issue people will often try to say, well, you know, that's good for a specific class of Christian or specific group of Christian. Mm -hmm. He really does mean it to be everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but one could be forgiven for you know making it kind of go in the wrong direction. I like turning to First uh, Peter three fifteen, where he really ties this holy living with always be prepared in the face of persecution, always be prepared to give a defense for the hope you have within you, mm -hmm. which really does bring it right to home, right to the person. You're going to go through life, you're going to go through struggles, and it's going to call you to then answer for that and actually explain why you are different, why, why, why the thing that is going on within you to make you a different person, to make you a wholly changed individual, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. um, and that actually ties to what I like about the gospel, and it actually goes in reverse or about evangelism in reverse, is that you know Christians are not, they're not perfectly holy, sinless people. They're dealing with real problems. And at core of all of that change is going to actually be the person of Christ working in them. And there's an entry door to that. And it is this, it's evangelism. It's accepting Christ and knowing him. So really, as we're evangelizing, we're kind of preparing the way for future sanctification and, and discipleship. So we're actually you know, working towards that. And I think if we have that in mind as we start evangelism, we'll get it right. It's not just about, I have to blurt out this thing that I've memorized. It's about, yeah. I want you to actually grow closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And it starts with actually knowing Christ. Right. And I think that's where, as Megan was saying, we really can, I mean, evangelism, so just sharing the gospel with individuals really is synonymous in, in this sense of making disciples. It's Absolutely. more than just like trying to render decisions or create decisions for Jesus. Like we want people to believe in Christ and then follow him exactly. throughout the entirety of their lives. Yep. Right. And I think to to what uh, Corey was saying too, I mean, you could you could do a whole biblical theology of of evangelism or missions or, or whatever you may want to call it. But I mean Matthew twenty eight, that, that Great Commission passage is tying all the way back to Genesis twelve. Mm -hmm. You know, where God has given this commission to, to Abraham, but he's He's told him, you know, that all the nations are going to be blessed in you and ultimately going to be blessed in Christ. Well, then you get to the Great Commission and Jesus is saying, well, this is now fulfilled. Like, I, I am the Christ. I've died. I've been raised. And so now yeah. go go into all the nations, you know, and make disciples of them, bring them bring them into to the family. And so you can go all the way back to Genesis 12. You come all the way to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And everywhere in between, you're seeing that God has this heart for his name to be proclaimed for those who have experienced his grace, who have come to faith in Christ, uh, to, to go about to others and, and to be sharing that good news with them. So let's move from that to this. How then uh, can we cultivate a heart? Because we want to cultivate a heart uh, for evangelism, but how can we cultivate a heart for steadfast and serious, but still winsome, Evangelism. You guys have any thoughts on that? The heart aspect of it. Yeah, I think the more I learn about what Jesus did for me and what he went through, yeah. that motivates me. Um, mm -hmm. It's not so much an obligation as it is a privilege mm -hmm. that I've been rescued from the domain of darkness. And now I get to proclaim him. I mm -hmm. have that privilege and that that part to play in his redemptive plan. Mm -hmm. um, so the more, the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I know and understand. The more my heart overflows with words of truth and 
um, praise for him and how he works in our lives. And, you know, thinking about how many people have poured into me and in college, I mean, I joined staff with this ministry because I saw God using me as broken and and frail as I was, that he was using me to influence others and draw them to him. And so seeing how people poured into me and I was able to pour into some other girls that were in my Bible study and things like that, it really, it was inspiring to see that I had a role to play in it. And so yes, I wanted to get trained and do kind of the, the logistical, <laughs> figure out the details of what to say and how to answer certain questions. But just the heart of that, um, you know, I, I wanted to do it well and I, um, not that I always do, but it was great to see how God had that, that privilege to offer to anyone who wanted to know him and share him with people in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I could probably say the same thing about myself. Um, to add to it, um, another thing that's been just huge in my life um, as far as motivating to to share my faith is prayer. Um, I've often found that when I'm praying for a lost person, uh, maybe it's a family member or a friend, um, God uses that prayer to align my heart to His, to give me compassion for people and, and courage to speak up. Um, so it um, it kind of it, it puts their eternal destinies on my mm-hmm. mind, and I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. if this person doesn't hear the gospel, whether it's through me or someone else. Um, I don't know where they might end up. And so, um, yeah, it, it puts those eternal destinies on my mind, but it also just kind of makes me more um, aware and notice these opportunities for um, conversations that uh, that could come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George, do you have anything to add to that? I did. I, just, okay. I, I think a big one, a big one that is helpful for you know keeping it on our minds is just being lo- connected to the local body. Um, because if you're connected to the local body, one, you're evangelizing into something that keeps mm-hmm. that you know, fresh. That it's not just making a solo disciple who's going to go out there on their own, but they're part of a into body Christ. into Christ and Christ and Christ's body. body. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, it, it takes a lot of the burden of I have to get this totally right and do everything. I have to water. I have to plant. I have to. You know, I have to do this all myself. No, you have a whole mm-hmm. body of people. It's not an excuse for not doing your part. But it's a, I'm part of something bigger here, and there's more people who might be able to speak into a particular problem, a particular issue, yeah. uh, might be able to express, you know, more compassion in certain things. So having that body is, I, I think, a really important part of it. So, mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's move along here. How, how then should we think about the practice of evangelism? So we talked a little bit about the command. A little bit about cultivating this heart for evangelism, but how should we think about the practice of evangelism? Well, I, so one of the things that we say in Crew is kind of our, it's our definition of successful evangelism. And so it kind of gets at like, what is like successful evangelism? And so in, in one sense, it is when um, someone 
trusts in Christ and gives their life to him. Um, but at the same time, we don't have the power to change their heart. We don't have the power to um, to open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. And so um, our definition is uh, taking the initiative and the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with someone and leaving their results to God. And so I think that is something that's important for us to remember as we think about it in practice mm-hmm. is it's not up to us uh, to to save people. Um, we share the gospel. We are faithful in that, mm-hmm. and we trust God with how he will use the gospel. Romans one sixteen quoted it last week, not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power of God unto salvation. So... Um, that's that's the first point that I would want to make is just like it's not on you. You have a responsibility to share it, but you don't have a responsibility mm-hmm. to save the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd add it's about those relationships you're building with those who don't know Christ, um, really making yeah. it where you have those opportunities where they can grow to trust you mm-hmm. enough that they also see your life. And then they're going to come to you most likely. The problem is, is occasional evangelism. The occasion will come. Will they'll say, "I'm having problems with my kids," and we end up with a choice of, "Do I just tell them the quick way to fix their problem, if we even know it? We may not, but if we do, um, that's maybe where we sometimes get caught up. Is I'll tell you how to handle your your problem with, you know, how to communicate better with your wife, or how to, you know, work with your kids, or you know, how do I deal with my parents? And we never bridge that to how does Christ make that difference in your own life? How does he actually, you know, come in at the starting end of fixing this problem? Um, so we can be, you know, really good at teaching people how to live rightly apart from Christ and miss the point. So it, it is, I think, treating all those occasions that come upon us as an opportunity for Christ to really speak into it. Actually looking and listening and engaging to make those, mm-hmm. to get that attention. Yeah. Yeah. And after our last uh, podcast on, on what is the gospel, uh, you and myself and pastoral assistant Nathan had a nice little conversation about um, just the, the diversity of uh, settings and speeches in the scriptures uh, when it comes to sharing sharing the gospel. And we talked a little bit about Gary Brashear's point about, you know, like especially in Portland where people aren't going to be so culturally Christian, they're not going to be so familiar with the gospel. Right. Um, you're probably not going to just start with, "Hey, you're a sinner, right?" And you need to you need to repent and, and believe in this crucified and risen Savior, right? You're trying to find a point of a point of need, a point of conversation with Absolutely. them, and then move it uh, towards towards Jesus. And we talked about how uh, I, I believe it's um, I believe it's in uh, Mark Mark two. You can check me on that. But where the paralytic, you know, his friends his friends bring bring him to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus um, points out he doesn't deal first with the man's paralysis, like his physical paralysis. Right. He deals first with the man's sin because that's the actual problem. That's the ultimate problem is, is the right. sin that's separating him from God. And so he he kind of bypasses actually mm-hmm. the um, the more natural physical need for the supernatural. The need thing the world and says is that's the important thing. Right. Why are right. we worried about this other side, about the right. soul and the, the person, the internal yeah. heart? Right. But then you guys were very, very gently kind of not corrected, but balanced that out uh, right. afterwards as well. Just showing uh, all, all of the, the different ways that Jesus and, and Peter and, and Paul as well, especially as you, as you go through the book of Acts, 
um, they are meeting people's needs, even right. you know raising people from the dead on, in some in some instances, yeah. uh, in order to to gain a, a crowd for an audience for the gospel. And so there's both of those kinds of things that are are going on in the scriptures. And you're just thinking of like, well, there's the the instance of again the the paralytic. There's the instance of the the Samaritan, the woman at the well. Um, that uh, you would be familiar with. There's Acts 17, right, where where Paul is uh, in a very uh, Gentile area there in Athens, and and his approach, the way he brings people to Christ, is probably a little bit different than he might have when he was going to the synagogues, absolutely, and preaching Christ there. So. Um, I think we're seeing that when it comes to the practice of evangelism, there's not like one, you know, silver bullet way to, to go about it. Like you're trying to feel people out and, and actually listen to their hearts and listen to their hurts and their needs, understanding that underneath all of that is that great need, that, that great problem that is sin that needs to be eradicated and, mm-hmm. and dealt with by Jesus as only Jesus can. The other thing I want to ask here in terms of the practice of evangelism is just in our church. So when we think about uh, our church, the Mount Church, uh, some of the, di- the diverse ways that we evangelize, that we share the gospel as a church. Anything come to to mind along those lines? I am excited. There's been a lot of work in um, the clothes closet and mm-hmm. the food pantry and just seeing how it, it does show so much compassion and love to people that a church would want to meet physical needs and um, you know, yeah, the gospel is, is relevant to each person in a different way. It, it um, meets us where we are, and that's beautiful, but there are a lot of physical needs that maybe mm-hmm. someone, if you don't meet a physical need, it might feel uh, harsh. And so I love that we have such a great ministry to the community that mm-hmm. we can give them a blanket or food or whatever it may be, um, mm-hmm. and that can open a door to mm-hmm. sharing the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, without jumping all over, I mean, obviously we have preaching being a, mm-hmm. a, a huge component here, but um, my class that I'm currently taking uh, at SBTS has it really on my mind, and once again, this goes into like what roles we each have. Like, I'm a pastor, I'm an elder, and, and I'm called to actually pastor, mm-hmm. and a lot of us just think of that as preaching or teaching, um, but a lot of that is pointy end of the stick, reaching into people's lives and saying, you know, how do we get this right? How do we, you know, disciple? How do we mm-hmm. counsel people well um, towards mm-hmm. godliness? And part of that is, you know, as you come to, you can counsel, biblically counsel people who are not saved yet. It's, it's essentially, it's evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my heart is actually, you know, sitting in that arena, just kind of circling it right now, just wondering, you know, how do we flesh that out as a body? You know, there are people with needs that can be met, and it's on that occasional kind of basis that come, they have problems, and you deal with it, and you lead to Christ with that problem. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Anything else, sir? Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of the first things that came to my mind was the preaching, as you said, George. Um, Unbelieving friend. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Every sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) but at the same time, I know I grew up um, with kind of the mentality that uh, if I wanted to, like, uh, help my friend hear the gospel, I was going to bring him to church, and I was going to let the pastor do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, I, I mean, I think that's that's a good thing. I think mm-hmm. we should do that, absolutely. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that won't come to church. I think what you're referring to is we we come as believers to hear the word preached, to understand the gospel more deeply, and then we go out. We are sent out each week yeah. full of the knowledge of the Bible, and, and we're all grow. Hopefully, each of us individually is growing and mm-hmm. um, and maturing, and then we are going to encounter people throughout the week mm-hmm. that we get to speak words of life to them, and then maybe they'll come to church. But even if they they yeah. aren't willing to, we're taking that to them and mm-hmm. we're meeting them where they are. Yeah, yeah. that's another room for hospitality. Hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeking to, 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 to uh, equip the membership of this church, mm-hmm. especially, to then go out into the world and, and to be personally uh, evangelizing their, their lost neighbors and whatnot. I mean, there's a sense too, like with corporate worship. Uh, I think it's in First Corinthians 14 where, where Paul's saying, you know, like when unbelievers, I mean, the, the body of Christ should be such a living display of the power and truth and grace and character of God in Christ that unbelievers should be able to come in to, to what Corey was saying about inviting friends to, to church right. and whatnot. They should be like, God is in this place. Mm-hmm. You know, like it should be something that's so, so uh, palpably different from what they're experiencing in the world. And at the center of it is this message of the crucified and risen, uh, and risen Christ. And the other thing too there is that I think, you know, there is so much a good emphasis on personal evangelism that sometimes, you know, it's almost like evangelism is kind of um, devolved into um you know, knocking on doors and, and things of that nature. And we've actually missed more of the corporate nature of evangelism mm-hmm. in the sense of like, well, you not, may not be, like I'm not great at, um, you know, calling someone to repentance and faith necessarily. Like I'm pretty good at like sharing the actual message of the gospel, but then I have a hard time like following through with, what do you think about that? I think you should repent of your sins and trust mm-hmm. in Christ. But my <laughs> wife is really great at that. Mm-hmm. You know, she will do that. And so just understanding that, again, God has given us a, a variety of members with a variety of gifts and all these kinds of things. And how can we come together as a church to, you know, just sort of build uh, a team of evangelists in a sense, a team of skills and bring those things together in order to to bring unbelieving friends to to Christ. Yeah. I, I, the one thing I would add is, you know, as Corey was saying, you know, starting with prayer is a definite good thing to start with and I've really appreciated the, the time we've been spending that Sunday mornings praying uh, it sets the sermon off uh, uh, the whole yeah. worship service off yeah. at the right pace but it, I think it also empowers the gospel to move out into our community mm-hmm. yeah and we also partner with missionaries absolutely like Corey absolutely and Megan <laughs> Yeah. All right. Last thing, and we'll be quick with it. Any resources that you guys would recommend if someone wants to learn more, as we all should, on this vital subject of evangelism? Yeah. So, um, crew being a a, a major um, Great Commission organization and ministry, we have a pretty vast amount of resources. So you could just go to simply crew.org um, if you if you're interested. But also to point you to some things specifically. Um, there's a resource called Cojourners, and so basically what that is, is um, it's based on the idea that everyone is on a spiritual journey, and uh, we want to come alongside people on that 
spiritual journey and um, explore where they're at um, and build bridges to the gospel and and even um, guide them to the gospel. And so Coderners has a lot of really practical, um, biblically-based material that is just really helpful. And I personally think it's one of the best things that crew has to offer as far as evangelism um, and just talking to your friends, talking to your family and how to bring those things up. Um, so, okay. And that one's been around for a while, but a new one that actually just came out this year. Um, there's a couple, Ashley and Heather Holloman, they've written a book called Scent. And along with that book, they've created, we just finished this series of videos and discussion with our students in Bible study that talk about you are sent by God, your sent identity, um, and just the how God moves closer to people through other believers, through us. Um, and really being mindful of where he's placed you, how you can see sometimes weird circumstances uh, as opportunities to Mm -hmm. talk to people that you might not have encountered otherwise. And Mm -hmm. just things like that, being mindful of where God's placed you and, um, and wanting to genuinely care for them. But also like, I mean, very similar to co-journers and and what we've been talking about this whole time of just seeing needs and, moving toward people and kind mm-hmm. of drawing them to Christ through your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another resource, uh, I believe it's Mark Styles in a nine mark series yeah. has one in a very memorable name called evangelism. <laughs> um, I haven't actually read it all, but so don't get me wrong, but it, it looks very, very promising. Um, and the good thing about that one, I mean, a lot of people I hear don't like to read. I'm not you know, sure about that myself. I'm usually found <laughs> with a book, but it's a short little thing that, you know, I think anybody can really pick up and, and pretty quickly dive into and get, get some good out of it. So motivation to really follow Christ that way. So. Yeah. Yeah, a few for me, uh, I would go with J.I. Packer's Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, something that Corey was kind of hitting on a little bit, that we can plant and we can water, but it's only God who can give the growth. And so how do these things go together? So I think Packer's book is, is a really helpful book, a short book, but, but very powerful. The other one is Charles Spurgeon's The Soul Winner. I just love Spurgeon, so I have to mm-hmm. include, him, mm-hmm. include him there. Uh, Mark Dever has a book called The Gospel and Personal evangelism so i mean that gets uh really really good and practical when it comes to to the personal side of of evangelism i'd also encourage uh folks to to check out some biographies like missionary biographies are really really encouraging uh when it comes to sharing the gospel david brainerd adoniram judson hudson taylor um you know folks like this a more recent one, Rebecca McLaughlin, on uh, she wrote a book called Confronting Christianity, which is more of an apologetic kind of book, but so, so helpful mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to answering a lot of the questions that the people that are living right next door to you are asking when it comes to, to the Bible, to God, to Jesus, to, to the gospel. And then I think, too, I mean, so our youth here, they've been doing What is the Gospel right. by Greg Gilbert, and I think that's been really, really helpful uh, as well. I mean, you have to know what the gospel is in order to share it. Yeah. Well, so those are a few of mine. Any final thoughts before we close it off? Just, I think evangelism is going to look different depending on the season of life 
that you're in. Hmm. I mean, I'm a mom with two little babies mm-hmm. to look after every day, and so the gospel looks like, well, Jesus had boo-boos all over his body when he was <laughs> on the cross and, and answering yeah, questions yeah. and yeah. praying. And um, it's it's very different than college ministry, talking to, to freshmen about something like that. Or... Mm. Um, and settings change and and methods and you know there are all kinds of different ways to do evangelism but yeah i think like we were saying each one of us has been given a great gift we've been Mm. given the cure Mm. and now we get to share that with others Mm -hmm. and so just understanding the gospel for yourself and living that out i think just makes evangelism less of a thing you do on a mission trip and more of a lifestyle Mm. and that's our prayer for our students and for the people that our family our friends our church that Mm -hmm. that this would not be unnatural Mm -hmm. that it would be something we can't help but share um, Mm -hmm. that we would be overflowing with the gospel Yeah, and as you overflow with tears of gratitude to God for this great gospel, we'll close with that. Amen. Amen. Thank you.